Hello, welcome to the Work in Progress podcast. I'm your host, AJ Bove, and it is Thursday, March 11th, 2021. And it is the last day, last week for my company at Iten Industries. Last week, we're doing the shared work four days a week. We're going back to five days a week, baby. Woo! It's going to be more money for AJ, which is nice. Um, although, I got to say, I did enjoy this period of time where I was working, you know, four, four and a half days a week. I mean, obviously, we weren't doing it for great circumstances. I mean, if you know, if money was just rolling in nonstop, we wouldn't be cutting back hours. But you know, we were in a situation where there was a program with the government for different for for a certain type of unemployment that was very um, it was attractive to us. It made sense from our business standpoint, and we kind of used it to kind of you know suck up our feet a little bit, right? suck up our feet so that whenever the water's coming in, we don't get as wet and then the, the water goes away and now we're, we're dry and we're standing up again. So things are going good. That's a good sign that we're going back to a full work week and I'm excited about it. And you know what else I'm really excited about? Today, we got our brand new 3D printer from Juggerbot 3D in Youngstown, Ohio. So this is a 3D printer that we have been talking about not me personally, but we as in the company that I work for, we have been talking about it since before I got there. I think we were talking about getting into the 3D printing space for quite some time, and now it's finally here. We've been, you know, we, we did a whole remodeling of a, of a room. You know, we had a little lunch room that's now totally remodeled. It looks so good. I'm going to put pictures up on Instagram after this episode is out, so you can go check that out at AJ underscore Bove. And... You know, it was uh, it was a cool thing seeing this big $100,000 massive machine. It's just a big square. Like, it looks like a massive oven, basically. It's just a big rectangular prism oven. And it was just being wheeled in. Um, well, first off, the thing was on a forklift, which is just crazy to think that this, like, the, the, the 3D printer is, like, bigger than the forklift, but the forklift is is mighty and powerful, and it can lift the you know, the 3D printer with ease. And then from there, there are wheels that the 3D printer was on. So we cut a hole in the wall pretty much and and we're able to line it up and push it through. And funny thing, there was supposed to be like either two inches of room all around it or maybe just an inch of room all around it. There was supposed to be a little bit of space. You know, we, we were planning on it to be a certain width and with the width that we were planning, there would have been, you know, a few extra room, a few extra inches to spare. And we started squeaking it through. And that thing slid in there like a hot pocket into the sleeve that the hot pocket comes in when you put it in the microwave. It was snug. I'll be honest. It was snug. There was an instance where we thought, oh, no, is this actually going to fit through? We're going to have to take the handles off. Let me tell you, it would be very much like Iten Industries to not, you know, you know, to do all this planning and whatnot. And then to have the machine, you know, be mixed up and, and then not be able to fit through the door. And now, listen, I'm not saying that out of a place of hate. I'm saying it as a self-deprecating and loving place. So I was so happy to see this printer come in. I got a few videos of it, and it was really almost emotional. I don't know. I don't want to say I got teary-eyed because I didn't, but I definitely felt something in the room. And I think I was maybe the only one because... I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit, you know, in touch with my emotions and other people aren't. I don't know. Maybe it's just seeing a big piece of machinery that gets me fired up. I love large machinery. I've always liked big machines, um, helicopters, airplanes I love, big dump trucks. I remember one time I was playing baseball. It's probably when I was in high school. And I, in the field I was on, it was kind of, you know, in the middle of a, a bunch of fields, like 
farming fields all around us. So we were standing on the in the outfield the one day, and we looked way out on the pasture, and we see this massive combine, and it looked large from far away. And I was like, wow. Imagine standing next to that thing. Imagine a wheel, a wheel or a tire that is as big as the room that you're currently in right now. If you're listening to it in the car, whenever you get to the next room, just look around and say, wow, imagine a wheel this big, a wheel that is bigger than my head. Like I said, large machinery fascinates me. So we're pulling this machine in, we're pushing it in, and it is in our tool room. And our tool room is like this pale green color, dust everywhere. You know, it's an, it's an old tool, tool, an old tool room. You know, there is, is old parts there, old hammers and screwdrivers and wrenches and machines. It is old. Everything's got dust on it. There's dirt on the floor. And then we bring in this brand new pristine gray, black, white, and red spotless wrapped in plastic massive piece of new technology in the 3d printer and it was so cool it felt like it felt like i don't even know how to explain it because the like this it looked so out of place at first when it was just being brought in you know what i mean it was like i can't even think of a good example you know because it just looked so different. You know what I mean? It would be like one brown egg in a cart of white in a carton of white eggs or, you know, one I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't a great example there. See, this is what happens. You get away from trying to do the comedy podcast and then your you, your jokes just stop being funny, you know? But I did um not to change subjects on you because this is all about the different business things I'm working on and I'm just getting more and more business ideas for the future, right? And I'm not getting distracted with what I need to be focusing on right now, but I'm just saying I always have something new coming and I'm starting to think of some different things and I'm starting to think of the things that I've been thinking about for a long time in a different light, right? Like I used to think about um, doing stand-up comedy and being a comedian and whatnot. Now I'm just looking at it from a different side of, of things. You know, I'm looking at it from more of an entrepreneurship side of things. So anyway, getting back to the 3D printer, we're just moving this thing in at like a glacial pace because it's a big machine and you don't want to bang it off stuff. There's still a bunch of tools around and whatnot. I mean, this thing cost $100,000. Like, you don't want to be banging this thing off of some tool, right? So we get it in there, and it looked fantastic. And the new renovated room is, I mean, it is so incredibly different from the rest of our plant all over, everywhere. It's so completely different from every other room, light, anything, any other part of our, our any of our plants, really. And it has these lovely marble floors, nice bright white lights. It has... Um, gray and black uh, it has a black ceiling gray walls with a white stripe going around the perimeter it looks really sleek in there I mean it is state-of-the-art I mean this piece of machinery we're getting it's not just some new piece of machinery right that's like oh cool now we can do a new thing it is quite possibly revolutionary for our little postage stamp in Ohio here and you know we're up in the in the corner up in our little northeastern corner of Ohio I mean I already and, you know, a little feather in my cap, I, um, I I was calling these people earlier, a few different rubber companies around town, and I called the one guy, you know, weeks ago, months ago, and I told him about it, and he was interested. So then today, I took some pictures, and I shot him an email. He was excited about it. He said he has a few parts that he was going to want to run on there, and now we got some parts going, right? We're getting business in. First day, day one, we're doing so much better than we did with Cerberus and even Ramp Armor whenever I took over the account. So we're excited about that. I got some pictures. Like I said, I'll post them. Um, 
it felt good. Like it really, because we've been planning on that for so long, getting that printer in there. And it felt good, number one, that nothing went wrong. But number two, it just felt like such a big milestone. And I mean, I haven't been at Iton, you know, when we were doing the turnaround as long as Ron has. I mean, Ron was there for, um, when did he get there? He got there maybe like 13 or 14 months ago, and I got there like six months ago. Um, and, you know, I just like, it just felt like, you know, it, going from where we were, where we were losing money every month to now not only losing, where we're not losing money, we're making money and we're going back to a full work week. Like I'm seeing the pendulum switch directions. You know, I didn't see it completely fall in the first place, right? I didn't see, like if it was up to the right, I didn't see it come down through center. When I got here, it was kind of, I would say it was actually kind of right around center. I mean, when, when I got there, it was kind of the bleeding had stopped and we were working on getting things going up in the right direction. But but I'm seeing things go up in the right direction and it feels really cool to be a part of that, you know? And, and I mean, sure, Cerberus isn't really, you know, pulling the weight that we thought it would be, but we're trying new things with that. We were talking to a guy, Tyler York. I just did a podcast with him. Check it out. Heavy lifting podcast, a podcast about business, Tyler York. We just did an interview with him. And he's a marketing guy. He's actually, I shouldn't say marketing guy. That'd be disrespectful to pigeonhole him into that. He is a serial entrepreneur. And one of his hats that he wears is marketing. And we were talking to him about some different plans that we need to put together. And then also Ron was talking about revisiting the Ramp Armor marketing budget. Because remember, whenever I put the marketing budget together in the first place, it pretty much got shut down because we didn't quite have that money. But now that we're making a little bit more money, we're able to revisit it. And that is cool because that is, whenever I came into this new role as a salesman with Ramp, um, with Ramp Armor, because the first two months I was at Iton, first four months, I should say, sorry, not two, first four months I was at Iton, I was business development and accounting. And I didn't really do a ton of accounting and I was doing a little bit more of the business development. Pretty much I just hung out with Ron and did what he told me to do, call who he told me to call and send emails and get things set up however we wanted. But I didn't know how much I was really moving the needle. You know what I mean? And now that I'm in this sales role, there's a much more direct line of my needle moving. I can see how much sales, how many sales I'm bringing in. I can see how many new customers we're attracting. And it really feels good to be in sales and get a big sale because it kind of feels like you're scoring for your team. It's like playing pickup basketball and actually making a basket. Now, listen, when I played pickup basketball, I was the sub. Even if we had five on five, I was the sub. So let that sink in for a second. But it feels good to finally be getting some some progress made. And we're putting together a video because remember, we got to market this thing, right? I mean, you get the whole printer in here and it's all good and, and we're all high-fiving and cheering. But what happens if, you know, what happens if you don't, if you don't sell anything? You just have this big machine then. So, you know, what, what are you going to do with that? So we're putting together this marketing plan and part of that is doing a cool little video to kind of showcase the different elements of the machine, um, how it can be attractive for your business, what type of things we can get done and do for you on there. The big advantage is that we can do cradle-to-grave manufacturing. So if you have a part for some type of machine or really anything, if you have something that you want to make either prototypes of or you have an idea for something, but... You know, it's going to be like a metal piece in a car or a machine or something like that, you know, or a vacuum cleaner. 
and you know you want to make prototypes you, you can't just go in and make it with metal the first time so that's what we're able to do we're able to take our engineers and we're able to design something with you and then make the prototypes in pretty short order and I, and I need to, I was just telling my pap this on the phone with him. I need to definitely learn more and be more educated with the 3D printer. Because I remember Zach at Juggerbot, the guy who sold us the printer. We have a pretty good relationship with him. We also did a podcast with him. Check it out, Heavy Lifting Podcast, Zach DiVincenzo. He was saying months ago that the best salesman is going to be the person who's using the machine. So I am the salesman. <laughs> the guy that we were actually initially like he was an engineer. The guy that we initially brought on who was around my age, he was going to be the operator and the salesman and he got fired. So that was that. And now I'm the salesman and I never got trained to use the printer. So I don't know if I'm going to turn into an engineer, but I got to learn a thing or two about it. So I know that it can basically right now, the biggest value add that I can tell you about is that we can do cradle to grave. We can start right at the top and say, this is your idea. Let's draw it for you. And now let's make it for you. Well, it's going to be really expensive. Actually, no, it's not. We're going to make it on our 3D printer. Well, isn't that going to take a lot of time? Well, no, not really. It's not going to take as much time as it would to make a metal one or whatever material you want to use. So we're just going to test it out. You're going to be able to see the size of it. You're going to be able to get a feel for how big it is. You're going to see like, oh, wait, maybe this thing isn't right. Maybe this thing needs to be changed. Let's let's fill it this, this corner here, right? Let's round it off. So you're just figuring it out. And then we can say, all right, cool. You like it? We'll make it for real. And then we can make it for real. And then boom, that could be that could be one-time job that's $100,000 or it could be a 100-time job that's $1,000 a run or anywhere in between. It can be on any type of recurring basis. It can be anything like that. And it's very cool because that's how our business is. That is our revenue model, right? We get the clients or customers rather. We make a part for them. They like it. They're going to need more parts made. So we do it every so often, right? Every four months, they're going to need a new whatever. They're going to need a new whatchamacallit. So that's that. And it's exciting. It's very cool. So cradle to grave technology, although the sales manager had recently told me that that's actually a little bit misleading because when people make the samples, they want to test them and and then they can't test with the plastic material we're printing on. And I'm like, hey, that would have been nice to know, you know, way before we bought the thing. So I don't know. We'll see. I think it's awesome. I mean, we wouldn't have spent the money we spent on it to to not do cool things on it. So we'll see. So if you ever want to come, I mean, right now, you know, in these early stages where we don't have like a line out the door yet to use this thing, if you have any ideas that you want to 3D print something, I mean, this is no joke 3D printer. This is the the beds. This is not like a desktop 3D printer that I used at Westminster College my senior year. I remember I would sit in that that entrepreneurial workshop room at the time, that little, it was like probably smaller than a dorm. It was probably like a 10 by 10 room. And I would just sit in there. And that was the only thing. That was the entire entrepreneurial center. I would sit in there and they had a bunch of random crap, you know, stuff that nobody knew how to use yet, stuff that hadn't been set up. And they had a 3D printer. And it was my senior year. And it was before I started my job as an auditor, which I knew that I was going to hate. So I was just trying to do so many different creative things. I was working on Odorex. I was taking um, a screenwriting class. I was trying to do this product called Schlong Johns where I was like, all right, I saw LeBron James wear those shorts that said Lakers across the crotch and they sold out in minutes. And I was like, you know what? I might not be able to get LeBron James to wear my shorts, but there is certainly a market of dumb frat boys 
myself included, that would if you had shorts with like funny dick sayings over it, over the crotch, I feel like people would really like that. So I tried that for a little bit. And then another thing I tried was um, was 3D printing like a bracket kind of is, is what I would call it, a bracket for the side of your car. So basically what it looked like, and when I say bracket, that's a tough, it's a tough, like if you look at a bracket, like a March Madness bracket, and you know how there's the two teams and then the line comes out for the one winner, that's kind of what it looked like, except the line, it, it wasn't really a line, it was just flat, you know, it's like a half rectangle, a rectangle with one side missing if you drew it flat on a piece of paper. And what, what my thought was is that I could put a magnet on the bottom of it and slap it against the side of my car so that whenever I was done skiing for the day, I wouldn't have to set my skis on the side of my car because then they could tip over and scratch the entire side of my car so and damage my skis, not to mention. So I was like, let's make a little, a little, you know, a little, little bracket to keep this thing from tipping over. And it was cool making the little thing. It was a good exercise in creativity. You know, ultimately, the only thing I'm still working on is Odorex, obviously. So it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't totally fruitless, but I didn't make any money off it. I made a few prototypes, and I sat in that room and smelled melting plastic for 45 minutes at a time. So it was all right. It was the early stages of whack. It was what it it was what it was. But you know what? The three that compares that cannot even hold a candle to the 3D printer that we have now at Aiton Industries. So check that out on my Instagram for some pictures and videos. It is a very impressive machine. And, um, and now I'm going to talk about Odorex. So what did we do today with Odorex? We had a call with, I, I don't want to say what league because, I don't know, I just, it's, it's a big lacrosse league. We'll just say that. It is a big, a growing and big, and, and I don't even want to say big because that's such a like, such a, um, what's the word? Such a, not nebulous, but such a, um, oh, what is the word? Um... When it's like kind of foggy, vague, not vague, but it's, um, oh, I can't remember the word. It's like, a oh, shoot, I cannot time out. Ambiguous, that's the word I was looking for. It's such an ambiguous word, right? Big, it's a big league. Cool, what does that mean? It's, it is a league that feels very energetic. That is what I'll say. It feels like an energetic league that is in tune with its audience. And they are people that we want to get in there with because we'll ride their wave. That's, I mean, I feel like that's what you got to do. You got to ride waves. When you're starting up a company, that's what I've learned. You got to ride waves. Sometimes there's big waves. Sometimes there's small waves. Sometimes waves put you in a good spot. Sometimes they put you in a bad spot. Sometimes you get crashed by the wave, but then you get up and another wave comes. That's what it feels like in business. Some of the waves that we had in the past, we had a, we were talking with a company, another startup company, um, another a league, actually a startup hockey league that had a bunch of pretty prominent people in it. We were it felt like we were boys talking to men. I was talking to Marcus about this today. It felt like we were boys talking to men in that situation. We were on the Zoom call and we were super nervous because this is our first big opportunity and if we can land it, it'll really set us off, you know? And and it didn't ultimately happen because of COVID. It got delayed, but I don't know. It just, that was a wave. And we, we rode that wave. We We kind of hurried and scrambled to get some documents out to them that they wanted to see, some reports and whatnot. And then some time went by, and some more time went by, and then it didn't, you know, the wave kind of lost its steam, and ultimately it got totally postponed. But but then we were at a new spot, 
And now we're at the new spot where we're talking to not the same people. I mean, we were talking to the CEO of that startup company. This this league that we're talking to is um, we were talking to just like a salesman. But still, we just felt a lot more confident. It was just we're we're in the conversation here, right? I mean, we've been here, done that before, right? I mean, it's it's like anything. I mean, you, the second time you do it, you're going to be better at it, right? Unless you're saying first, well, no, yeah, right. Even if you are saying first is the worst, second is the best, third is the one with the whatever chest. I don't want to offend anyone, but, but yeah. So we were talking with them today, and my Zoom, of course, or my Google Meets or whatever, my my Wi-Fi screwed up, and that's just the story of my life. You know, I grew up without Wi-Fi. I still struggle with Wi-Fi, evidently, even though I live in this nice apartment now and there's good Wi-Fi. But at work, where you feel like you need the Wi-Fi the most. I wasn't able to to get on the the, the thing, and, and it was right in the middle of, we, we just started the call, and we were doing the small talk and whatnot, and Marcus got a haircut, and we were going around the around the chat room there, the three of us, we were just talking about our other, each other's hair, you know, we were talking about Marcus's haircut, and the guy we were talking to was talking about how he's losing his hair, and then they were talking about me, how I have my hair real long now, and it looks like an afro, and then I went to go put it up even more afro, because I'm thinking, you know what, maybe let me just lean into it, because my hair's long and a little bit out of control, but if I just lean into it and go full afro, people can't deny it, they're like, you know what, he looks like a jackass, but at least, at least, he leans into it, so, you know, and as soon as I did that, my my connection went out, so I then had to call in, and of course, when you call in, you're late, and they can't see you, so I just felt out of the loop of the conversation, which was fine, because another thing that I learned in those situations, I'll just let, if you're going to talk, I'll let you talk, and I'm glad to hear you talk, because that means you're, you're giving ideas, you're doing something, it's good, so we're letting the representative from the league do a lot of the talking, because we're playing in his court. You know, we can't, I mean, he sent us a, we had an initial conversation with him and we kind of got to know each other. And then he kind of was thinking of different ways that he could help us. And he kind of sent us a list of all the ways that, all the things that they do. And then we were to think about the ways that we could kind of tag along into that. And we kind of went in with a list of things that we thought we could do. And, you know, I didn't have any thoughts that we were going to do all of them. I didn't know what any of the costs associated with that would be, but when we spoke with him, we kind of just let him control the speed of the conversation because I, it's his company kind of, it's not his company, but it's the, he, it's the company that he works for. We need him. He doesn't need us, I guess is, is the best way to put it. And we were really excited because a lot of the things he was talking about, um, you know, they're new things for their company, for their league. And if we were to get in there, it'd kind of be the right place at the right time. We'd be one of the first ones in that space as far as like advertising goes and things like that. So it would be, man, it would be really cool. You know, it would be really cool. And I don't know, did I tell you guys this? Did I tell you, I don't know if I told you guys this because because this is really big news for us. This is a real splash moment for us. I was on vacation this past weekend, right? So I told you we had that call where we were going to have that call on Thursday and I was out of town on vacation. So we were talking to this store that has over 50 store locations in the United States. They are a hockey company and they are going to run a test on our products. They are going to buy, this is a verbal commitment, right? So I don't want to go around saying that they signed papers and then they never signed papers because they didn't sign papers. It is a verbal commitment to running a, a sample of 
of our gloves in their stores. So they're going to buy what is definitely so far the biggest order that we've ever had. And we're very excited about it. And it, you know, the thing is about that is it gives us a real mile marker to just operate within. Because I remember whenever I graduated college, like your entire life, you're in, in school for, you know, elementary school, five years, middle school, six, uh, three years, and then you're in high school for four years. And, and then you're in college for four or five years. And then you're just out in the world. And it just feels like you're out in this, in the middle of the ocean. You're just in the middle of this big expanse. And it's just like, well, where do we go? How far do I look ahead? How far? Like you just have no idea. There's much less frame of reference, right? You're not working within a, a four-year period or a five-year period or whatever. So with business, it's kind of the same way. Um, you know, we, we, you know, it's easy to get those milestones when you're like, all right, well, let's just get a product. Okay, well, let's, well first, let's get a business plan. Then let's get market research. Then we'll get a, a sample made. And then we'll get the testing done. And then we'll, you know, all these different things. But now that we kind of have a lot of those things established... It's just selling now. We don't, it doesn't feel like there's quite as much of a mile marker. It's like, all right, we're just selling. And we're figuring that out too. I was saying that, you know, last week or the week before. It's like, we're just figuring it out. So it took us a while to, not a while, I don't want to say that. Not a bad amount of time. It, there's no, there's no race. There's no time frame. It's just like life. You know what I mean? As long as you're kicking and going and doing it, moving forward, you're succeeding. That's the infinite game, right? So, we're figuring it out. Now we have a mile marker. It's going to happen later this summer because the hockey season kicks up in October, so, you know, late September, October. And that's when people are buying their gear because that's when preseason is and whatnot. So they're going to run a test in some stores in September uh, or August potentially. So now it's like, all right, we have X, you know, a few months until that comes. So now let's set some goals for those months. And a lot of those goals I think ought to be um, – out, uh, not out, uh, not outcome based. I, I, I mean performance based. So performing a certain task in a certain amount of times. Like let's set a goal. We're gonna call X amount of stores. All right, cool. We can control that. We can't necessarily control as much getting an, an amount of sales, right? I mean, sure you can. You're in the sale call. You know, you you feel like you can control the destiny of the sale. But for us to to put all of our, it's just like a sport. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you, you can win. You're the better person. You're the better team, whatever it is. You feel like if you go there and do your thing, you're going to win. But guess what? The ball is round. Sometimes it bounces in different directions than you think. So we can't, you know, I, I don't, you don't say you're setting yourself up for failure. If you try to set like a sales goal, because at some point there will be sales goals whenever we have historical data, but it's incredible. I mean, to make, a sales goal at this point is, I mean, you're drawing in water. You know what I mean? You're just trying to draw a number in, in a running stream is what you're doing. So that's not really how we're going about it. But, um, you know, but we are excited to be moving forward with it. And, and now we kind of have, like I said, we have this little space to work in. And we're talking to these people. We're talking to a few new people next week. Some people that might be able to help us out, um, you know, from a few different standpoints, like I've said before, it's, it's like GTA, you just talk to people and then they tell you to talk to someone else. And then next thing you know, you know, you're talking about a sale and it's exciting and it's cool and it's competitive and it's a great, it's, it teaches you patience. I don't want to say teaches you, it teaches me patience and just teamwork and trusting the people that you work with, you know, um, that's been something that I personally have struggled with in my in my leadership role in at in Odorex is sometimes I wouldn't be happy with the work that 
was was being done. And mostly because I am a hyper-focused, not that other people aren't hyper-focused, but I think probably to a fault, I, I'm like super particular. You know what I mean? And that's how it is in my life. And it obviously translates into business and whatnot, but I'm getting better at it, right? I'm getting better at trusting the people around me that they're not going to do something stupid, right? They're not going to put ourselves in a position where it's, where it's a dumb mistake or something like that. And then also just trusting, not to get too big on you here, but just a little bit trusting the universe, like trusting that this is not the last sale that we're ever going to maybe have. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you don't want to go into it and, and just not care, but just don't, you know, I, I just try to not get so pent up about something. You know, it's, I just try to not get so antsy about it because I just got to think, hey, we're doing things well and we're going to keep doing things well and then good things will keep happening and then we'll get more opportunities like this. So let's just keep it moving and let's just a- approach this honestly and and just be real with it. Let's be real with it. And that's the thing that's been so great about this this league that we're talking to is the salesman we're with just knows where we're at and he knows he's not going to give us something that's like way high out of our budget. He's going to work with us a little bit. Whereas before, and I've said this, you know, I think in the past maybe, so I'll, I'll try to be better for next week. I got like 40 seconds left. Whereas before, it kind of felt like we were trying to put on a, you know, we were, we were peacocking a little bit. So it feels good to be in a real space and we're getting better every day, every month, every week, whatever. And it's an exciting time for Odorex and it's an exciting time for Aiton and it's an exciting time for AJ and the podcasts. And I want to thank you for listening. And if, if you're listening to this and you like it, check out my other podcast with Ron Emery. It's, it's slightly less of me because it's with a co-host. So if you like this podcast because you like me, you might like that one a little bit less. But you should still go check it out at Heavy Lifting Podcast on Instagram, everywhere, Spotify, Apple, everything, you know, wherever you want to find your podcast. And follow this podcast on Instagram at workinprogress underscore pod, I think, soon. I know we're going to get some new clips on the Heavy Lifting Podcast Instagram page, and we're also going to get some of that stuff happening on the Work in Progress podcast page. And also, if you're a skateboarder, check out Ramp Armor. If you're a lacrosse player, hockey player, soccer goalkeeper, or even a field player, check out Odorex Athletics. And also, if you are afraid of the coronavirus, check out Cerberus Safety Products. We have a wide array of hand sanitizer products. I think that's all the plugs I have. Thank you for listening. I will see you guys next week.